Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a hot, hot, hot episode of Inspiration Point. I am Andrew. And I am Adam. Welcome, dude. Yeah, thank you. How's, uh... You, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, me too. How's your evening, uh, treating you? It's pretty cool. Uh, it's my son's, uh, ninth birthday today. Nice! Uh, and, uh, he had a great time. He's a big fan of the Portal series. Ooh. Um... And my wife uh, is a big fan of cake making. So she's very good too. Like I've seen, you know, all the photos she takes and they're always like she, she goes the extra like 73 miles. I think she takes no small amount of pride in her work. Like she, she won't brag, but she'll take like a million pictures before it's cut into. Oh, you bet. So I can definitely tell she, she digs it. And She's, uh, she's got, she's got her thing. You know, absolutely. And, and, you know, in a way, it, it's almost going to tie into kind of the topic tonight. But anyway, putting two and two together, uh, she made the, the cake from, uh, the first portal game. Oh, um, man. That was a, that's a freaking big cake, too. Oh, yeah. This thing was, uh, a tall son of a gun. Um, <laughs> it, it had a lot of different layers, but a lot of different ver- things of chocolate in it. Um, it looked straight out of the game pretty much. The only difference was I think there's like chocolate shavings, Uh, uh, but my son requested Cocoa Krispies as a mm. textured outer layer. So, uh, uh, pretty good though. It was tasty. I'm going to have to just like not eat for three days. I was going to say like, that's just a slice of straight up diabetes, right? Oh yeah. Like Wilford Brimley approved. Oh Lord. Or disapproved? Hey, who knows? <laughs> apologies, uh, apologies to anyone who is a relative of Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> We're very sensitive people oh, here. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, he was I, a good guy. He didn't deserve that. All right, um, fine. Yeah. Full disclosure: I'm drawing a blank on who Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> No, you don't. Oh, you don't remember him, huh? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Oh, that's okay. Uh, that'll be your homework. Um, how's your night? How's Uh, your day? My my night and my day, uh, were both uh good, respectively bright and dark, as one would hope. So, uh, the world has not uh tilted off its axis or anything. Um, Mm. you know, uh, let's see, had a doctor appointment with my son it went terrifically um he's doing extremely well healthy as can be um and good yeah i mean nothing nothing too crazy just a little bit of running around although um i spent a little bit of time on facebook today and you know i i got to i got to ask you oh you know here's here's one thing before i uh ask this burning question um between uh last week and today i got my first covid shot oh good for you man so i am trying to do my part i am halfway there i got the uh it's the pfizer vaccine um i was initially signed up for the johnson and johnson one uh but i've heard that there are some potential uh like side effect issues with the the johnson and johnson one because it's like the single dose um Mm -hmm. 
And I, well, I they, they've all had various reactions depending on who takes them. Yeah, I, I had I had a Moderna and I had no reactions. Yeah, so I who knows, but um, it's it's becoming more and more available for folks, which is really nice. Um, so to anyone out there who's listening, please go get the shot. You know, take care of yourself, take care of those around you. Um, you know, not. Not to tell you uh, what the right thing is and what the right thing isn't. You're entitled to your own beliefs, but, you know, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, anyway, I won't belabor that, but on to my, my, <laughs> my, uh, my burning. Good job, Andrew. You question. did it. You know, I, uh, I try. Um, you saved the city. I did. <laughs> I'm a real life hero. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's all downhill from here. Um, so you get 10 XP. Yes. Now what's, uh, what is the required XP to level up? Oh, it's like a thousand. So, oh, geez. Like not even a drop in the bucket. How many shots? That's right. Which is exactly what this all is. A drop in the bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how, how demotivated. At least until there's another new strain or the government realizes that this is a great way to do whatever it wants and just creates any sort of scenario. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, what's your question? All right. So disregarding any actual written rules that you may know of or any like weird class abilities or anything like that, just purely going on your own gut instinct yeah character gets thrown headlong by a fire giant into a lake of lava the character sure. is mortal right how long does that character last before they are irrecoverably freaking dead they straight up die immediately thanks agreed <laughs> you like there's sitting here thinking like you know, even a tiefling, you you're just dead. Right. Like anything anything with fire resistance, you died. It it's lava. Right. Like unless you're like immune to fire, you're you're freaking toast. Like I um there was a Facebook post that I saw today. Here uh, we go. Where uh somebody uh the GM was posting and he had a player who uh they were in a room. That had a lake of lava and there was like a bridge or something that one could stand on. Uh, And then you have the lake, you have the bridge and on the other side of the bridge, I don't know if there's more land or whatever, but there's a big old freaking fire giant. And Mm -hmm. this character, the GM's player, uh, this character runs over and stands on the bridge between the fire giant and the lava. I kind of feel like I know where this is going. You do. He gets picked up and chucked chucked into the lava and the lava. And then the player complains. He goes, right. He goes, well, but my character would have known like not to do that. Right. As like his maybe known what not to do. What do you mean? Like not be thrown into lava? No, like that. That was a bad position to have taken in the first place uh-huh. okay um, did he move there <laughs> exactly and it's like <laughs> it's like okay but did you uh well okay was this theater of the mind or was this on a grid 
I I don't know. And because that might that might be an argument I could imagine, like if this was all in their heads. Sure. Then I could definitely see a player going, uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't stand there. But if the kid, if he places himself on the grid and then gets chucked off, I, I don't know. What the, I wouldn't know how to even respond to that question. <laughs> right. Like I'd just be like, well, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I mean, there there were tons of uh, good uh yeah if it's theater of the mind uh i could definitely see like especially if it's like a ranger or a wizard or something uh being like well i obviously didn't stand on the bridge and i have a 120 foot range right Mm -hmm. and then having the dungeon master just to have a completely different vision in his mind of what's going on yeah um i didn't get the sense that that was was the case it it the way it read it was like it seemed pretty clear that the player moved deliberately to where they moved to. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I, I answered that question. Yeah, you gave a really thoughtful answer. I, I oh, did read that it. and then, yeah, I did see it. And then you got some nice comments about that. And I could tell that that kind of lit you up and, and, uh, Oh you know, man, kind of made your day. it was really nice. Like by the end of it, I think my initial comment had more reactions than any other comment on the post. It was really cool. Like it was, um, someone even next stop Reddit. <laughs> oh my God. I, I don't. Well, I... Okay. So uh, this was the scenario that was brought to you and what was generally your answer? My general answer was, um, basically, I guess in a nutshell, really try to think about where your player, not their character, but where the player is coming from first, because generally, um, a bit of advice that I got about playtesting back in the day that I thought applied nicely to this was that when you're getting feedback, especially with game design and stuff, it's very possible for you to get uh, negative feedback, and this can happen in other aspects of your life too, um, where the feedback is like wrapped up in perhaps a bunch of negative verbiage or, you know, it might sound bad or something like that. Um, And sometimes it can even sound like borderline offensive. But what's important is to try to look past the initial like air quotes content of what's being said to what the underlying message is like, Oh, you know, this mechanic is so stupid. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Maybe they're what they're actually saying is, Oh, I, you know, I'm bummed that this mechanic doesn't work this way, or I wish this other thing was in the game, or I really like this thing. So I wish that the thing that I'm talking about now was more like that other thing or whatever. There there can be valuable information hidden within um, the like there's a legitimate claim on a, you know, yeah, because definitely from the player's perspective, it was probably a situation where there was a miscommunication. The picture in his head was a little bit different. Um, but I, it is also very possible that the player was just trying not to die. And it, it could be an expression of, 
I don't want my character to die. I'm attached right. to them. I'm invested in them. Right. And, you know, I can definitely empathize with that. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of empathy when a player is just like sad they lost. Yeah. Because they really like their build or something. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, if they're, if they like really got into it and they wrote this huge backstory and stuff and, and they've really been role playing well up till that point, you know, it would be, it would be difficult I in an emotional way that I can definitely understand. Yeah. So I, I was just saying to, you know, think about where that player might be coming from. If they're trying to pull a fast one, shut that down immediately. But if mm-hmm. it looks like, look, I, I may have, you know, not been paying close attention. I may have made a quick decision and, you know, I goofed. Normally I pay very close attention, but I slipped up this once. Can you help me out here, GM? Sure. You know, let's, let's rewind it a little bit. But if it, you know, if it's somebody who chronically is not paying attention or things like that. Yeah, that's pretty obnoxious. Yeah. And I don't have a lot of pity for that. So there was, um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting, uh, thought exercise for me. Absolutely. But I think from a, like a game design perspective, also you have to like go, okay, I've set this scene in order to create this drama Mm -hmm. of this, like sort of mortal combat danger under what condition am I going to punish a player? Mm. Because if you do get knocked off into the, off the bridge, they will die. Yeah, straight out yeah that's not even death saves dead you are freaking toast and i'm not sure i would straight up give them no chance because they happen to roll poorly like if it's clear they're not supposed to be in a specific position mm-hmm. and they're not and yeah and they're not paying attention then yeah death could be punitive there but like I don't know, just saying, okay, the giant rolls, runs forward. He rolls a athletics check. Obviously he wins mm. and now you're dead. You know, I could, I think that that might not be the best well, <laughs> choice for a design. There was one uh, answer and there, there may have been some iterations of this answer, but uh, somebody did say, you know, was the giant able to grapple him and throw him in the same round? Um, mm, yeah, that's a that's a good uh, and, that's a good point, right? And and also because there needs to be that reactive. What do you do about it? Yeah, and moment. even if that was the case, even if that does jive with turn economy, um, when he's thrown, maybe you allow the character a dex save. Um, sure, to like yeah. catch the bridge, or maybe catch onto the giant's clothes, or you know something. Um, let another uh player use their reaction to leap in after. Right there, there definitely are some options, and it Try did catching. sound like maybe things happened a bit fast, and some things might have gotten missed in terms of uh options that the uh victim player. <laughs> may uh have had available to them but all the same uh i i don't know i i thought i thought it was interesting <laughs> like yeah i mean we could we could deliberate it like a court case right sure um and and you could go through it one thing that is obnoxious though is that 
this kind of rules lawyering, you know, is antithetical to the storytelling experience. Yeah, and it's, it, I hate And that. I think that it comes down to a question like, what is our goal here? And one, sometimes our goal is to, can we defeat the very difficult dungeon, like as far as like an achievement sort of combat game goes Yeah. versus this is part of a greater storytelling experience, like a narrative. Right. I think, you know, in either case, it's not fun, but I guess in like the death trap challenge mode, it's a little bit more understandable. uh, Like, um, tomb of horrors kind of like, yeah, you know, old school meat grinder, like, uh, endurance test kind of, kind of thing where it's like, how good are you at this game? Yeah. It's like almost like an old school arcade game. Like how long can you last? get the high score kind of oh man i made it to room 23 oh my god i've only made it to room 15 you know but also at the same time like the players also got to be like i am playing to tomb fours you know right and there needs like okay i hope you didn't bring the eight page backstory probably not the play here yeah (laughs) well and you know that that brings me to a little uh, a little mini topic um, yeah. that I wanted to throw in here. And I posted about this, too. And it's basically just on setting expectations. Um, yeah. And I was curious about um, like setting expectations at the table where yeah. you draw the line on things as a GM, like even in this yeah. case, like, um, you know, you throw this player in the lava. What things do you, uh, if the player, you know, um, disagrees with how things went, uh, where do you draw the line on like what might be debatable or um, that sort of thing as, as well as, um, you know, just how you set expectations for your players um, at your table, both just as uh, relating to table etiquette and um, like out of game table rules uh, Mm. as well as in game stuff. Like what can players expect? How? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is like, this sounds like session zero type stuff, right? Like just being, you know, like in terms of what kind of content we're going to have, what kind of experience would you like to have? um, You know, what kind of games or movies could you compare this to? Right. That, that you're imagining I, these are questions i ask in fact i i asked these questions yesterday as i sat down with my students to, hmm. to run run some D and you know i i had uh four boys left over and i could i mean i pretty much knew what they what they wanted because i i kind of know them sure and i like i was like these are these are murder hobos that's what <laughs> they have and, and which is fine sure. you know i'll if i know what i'm in for and I can lean into it. You know, we can have a good time. Doing oh, that. yeah. Yeah. And and so they're they're going to be a, you know, a quintet of uh, Zentarum agents, dude. And perfect. And I'm going to take them through at least the beginning of Storm King's Thunder. Nice. From a different perspective, because I'm already familiar with the the campaign, at least the first half. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I've been wanting it's something I've been wanting to test for a while anyway. And it's going to make sense that they run around and basically just kill everything. So there you that'll go. be fine. Yeah. Um, I, I knew that when I described that 
enemy how enemies died or how the combat went i can be very visceral yeah and, and graphic to an extent um and one of the players was just digging it was i was describing how his like axe just cut this goblin in half oh yeah and he he was just absolutely on cloud nine <laughs> now but did, I, I looked over at another table and i mm, thought i couldn't say this over there okay <laughs> see that and and yeah. that's and that's really really important um being able to yeah you know read the room as they say um yeah exactly and but also directly ask the room oh, right and, yeah and this is where expectations up front are super important you know whether or not hey we're playing Tomb of Horrors. I don't know what that is. Okay. Well, let me tell you. It's a meat. Here's grinder. what to expect. You know, here's what to expect from this game. Okay, cool. Right. Yep. Um, and so this is, you know, someone another one of my friends was asking me, like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a game. You know, would you want to play? Mm. And I said, you know, what what are a couple of TV shows that you're imagining that would like that capture this feel? Mm. And, you know, that's something that I think is is an important question. You ever watch uh, like American Gladiator? Sense. Yeah, it's like that. You got. You ever wish they were in blenders? <laughs> like, whoa. Um, nah, man. American so, Gladiator. So this person said tough. it's basically Shira, and I was like, okay, great. I know uh, what I'm. Up. I, I I know what this is going to be about. Then, cool. You know, I immediately have a big picture of of the tone mm-hmm. that we're going for, and setting tone is is so important. I mean, like that. I mean, you know, that that was uh, really big for me going into Strahd compared to uh, my other campaigns and letting you guys know, like, look, um, you know, when when you make your characters, this is not we're not screwing around. Um, You know, you guys is a dangerous game. Right. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like I I even saw in the comments uh, for the expectations post that I put up. Um, you know, a lot of people were, uh, I, I was actually kind of surprised at how often this came up where people mentioned tone and then followed that up with saying that basically they had had a lot of bad experiences with GMs, not, uh, cluing people in on the tone. And you basically go in with a character that is not suited to the game like the the game is intended to be goofy funny you know kind of laid back off the cuff sort of thing and you go in with this serious dramatic character and stuff it's and like it, really sincere thing right yeah. and it just doesn't gel and then you're left sitting there just completely unsatisfied unfulfilled and you feel like you're a you know uh, a square peg trying to fit into a round hole well yeah i mean it's like showing up to a party and everyone everyone's wearing you know uh tuxes and dresses and then you're like in your shorts and in your tank top oh, right that kind of sucks yeah right or vice versa for that matter yeah right that's that's also embarrassing totally so yeah we totally yeah that feels and then on top of just tone there's things like well what do we do when there's a dispute? Like, yep. is it the GM, you know, rules all, or is it, do we refer to the rule book in, in all cases? Do the players vote? Right. You know, and that's something that I've been um, learning a little bit more about. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going through Mo- Monty Cook's your best game ever. Yeah, it's, I, I enjoyed that book. 
Yeah, I've I've enjoyed that. And he he talked about like the percentage of uh like rules to players to GM. Mm-hmm. Um and and how that could be different from table to table. But again, it's it's important to set all of this up up front. I was even listening to Dungeon Dudes today, which I enjoy mm-hmm. their content. I, I'm a sucker for tier lists. I'm just I'm I'm so weak. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I like those guys and they were doing the wizard tier tier list today and they were arguing about whether or not the divination wizard was really good. Hmm. And one of them was like, Oh my gosh, it's totally a tier. And, and the other one was like, uh, it's um, I think it's like a B and uh. he was bringing up things like, Oh, in a lot of campaigns, GMs don't like divination and they block magic. So mm. therefore it doesn't deserve a tier. And he was like, well, that, that all needs to be established up front. You wouldn't even roll a divination wizard if you were right. told up front that there wasn't going to be divination. Right. Right. He had to relent. If, if you're going to use the, the class that the class is going to be allowed and supported. Yeah, exactly. Like right. when, when you and I did that Ravenloft game back in, in college, oh, you know, boy. they basically said divine magic doesn't work very well. And then we rolled cleric and paladin. <laughs> and then uh, that probably just wasn't the play, right? Yeah. Bad and, and that ended up being a source of a lot of conflict. Yeah. So we should have just listened and, and gone with the tone he was going for. Yeah. That was, that was us thinking we knew better. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can game the system that we can do better. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so yeah. You know, still like those characters though. Me too. I still have the drawing <laughs> of my, of my paladin. I, I liked him. Yeah. Big dude cool. holding a little baby, all tender, like, yeah. Through, through the snow. Oh yeah. After, after getting beat up. I remember that picture. Oh man. So good. So fun. Yeah. Your guy, your guy was cool. He, cleric with, uh, with, uh, sort of Elizabethan sunglasses. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That spectacles. Yeah. Yeah. He thought he was really cool. He did. He did think he was really cool. <laughs> he thought he was really cool. <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, <laughs> set expectations. Talk about things that your players need to know up front. And, you know, just uh, think about what things can be considered ahead of time. And, you know, discuss it yeah. with your players. Ask 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 content language yep tone um even things like type of monsters you might ask about i mean it would suck to play a ranger and pick orc for favorite enemy there's no orcs oh yeah i mean granted i know i know of a lot of gms that um allows uh rangers to basically wait to select their favorite enemy until later in the campaign so you can choose something that fits the events that have happened in the story which which sounds really generous but then you realize what that means is the gm kills your character's parents with a certain race at the start of the game well i didn't <laughs> want to spoil it <laughs> surprise yeah. um yeah stuff like that's helpful i i think it's just as well to just say up front like hey this game is going to be about giants maybe you should pick favorite enemy giants okay cool sounds good yeah there you go you know know, throw throw me a bone in fact uh one of the things i've decided i want to do the next time i start a game is to set heavy restrictions which okay sounds uh like in terms of like race and class i want to be very specific actually and uh i'm intrigued i think it'll end up making people feel more free in the end i can see how that would go but 
why don't you explain your reasoning anyway? <laughs> because this could be yeah. fun for people to hear. Well, I think it, I think it just, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tie it to what you're talking about, which mm-hmm. in this case, I think what we are saying is tone. So I've been writing up this idea of having alternate starts for Storm King's Thunder. Okay. Um, because I find the level one to five intro of the campaign to be a little lackluster. Okay. Right. And and a lot of people do. A lot of the stuff I read about it, people were saying, Oh, we um you should just either skip it or you should go do this other campaign. Yeah. Or it doesn't just really start your take off on your characters out point. at level five. Mm. Yeah, they're like, this is just feels superfluous. And sure. I was like, you know, there's some decent, interesting things here in the Nightstone chapter. Cool. And I thought, you know, what if in the beginning players chose one of the factions? Okay. And then that level one to five quest is different depending on which faction you choose. Mm. And uh, so if you pick Emerald Enclave, for instance, mm-hmm. okay, maybe this is the only way you can choose Druid. Oh, um, okay. And the, and the player might say, well, why can't someone in the Order of the Gauntlet be a Druid? And I'd be like, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to say that couldn't happen. But I'm going to say that for the sake of this particular yeah. campaign, here's what I'm going for. Right. And I want you all to feel like you're on this sort of theme together. Mm. And just bear with me. I'm, you're still going to have a ton of options. Right. Right. Like there might be like Emerald Enclave. It's like, okay, every kind of Druid, probably most of the Rangers and Barbarians, pretty much anything that feels wild. I bet you got Bards um, in there too. That's a totally like yeah like i mean come on a hippie nature bard perfect that that could that could possibly happen but i might not have every bard available Mm, right okay and maybe not all the subclasses like okay you want to do emerald enclave i want to play paladin okay ancient both of the ancients is what you're gonna pick yeah and maybe that's the only one that's available well i want to play paladin then Okay, fine. There's lots of other things to pick. Right. right? Well, I think I should be able to be devotion. Sure. Run Storm King's Thunder. Go for it. Right. Right. But I in in what I'm doing, this is what I want to do. Right. And that's not a surprise. Like it would be wrong if a player said, okay, I want to be a paladin. I'm like, great, let's play. And then they hit level three and they go, I want to be a vengeance paladin. And they say, you can't. Right. And then they're like, why not? And I'm like, well, you're in the Emerald Enclave. It has to be um, ancients. And then they're like, well, if I knew that, then I wouldn't have. Well, if I knew that and then he'd be right. Yes. Right. Because I because I didn't set expectations. Right. I didn't set that expectation. Um, You can't pick Oath of Conquest if you're not in the Zentarum. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I'm still workshopping it. Right. But like these are things where my hope would be that the group of players works through the restrictions. And then on the other end, they go, you know, there is kind of a theme going on here. Right. And. And this is cool. This makes us feel a little bit closer, a little bit more unified in our goals. You know, this this makes me think of um, and I may have mentioned something similar to this on previous episodes, but this is something that I, I don't know about you, but um, in art school, when we'd have like projects and stuff um, and in just in general doing art, if somebody just hands you a blank piece of paper and says, make something cool. That's really, really intimidating and can Mm -hmm. like make you catatonic in moments. But 
if someone gives you a piece of paper and says, draw me a monster, I want it to have fur. I want it to have lots of teeth, um, but I want it to be able to swim or something like that right. or whatever. Yeah. They give you That's some. Cool. That's more fun. Right. They give you something to That's work with, fun. something to target and sort of aim yourself with. Um, so you have some guidelines and it sets you on a path where you're like, okay, now I can start futzing around with things. It's not just this big, vague, right. amorphous, whatever. Well, yeah, sometimes there's more creative, you know, challenge, right? but also direction when, when, I mean, it's the same thing when you roll on the rollable tables, like, right. when, like I've been really getting back into the dungeon masters guide lately. Yeah. And and using those rollable tables to like plan out ideas and stuff like that. It's actually so helpful uh, to be able to do that. And I know a lot of people like settlements for the same reason, mm-hmm. right? Like this just helps me get moving. It doesn't replace my job, but it does, you know, yeah. keep me from getting stuck. Right. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. So I do want to do a thing, whether I run Theros or, you know, I've also thought about, well, I want to do Forgotten Realms, but not in the North. Like I want to go mm. to like Cormier or something. I want to go somewhere that like nobody goes. Less and, featured. And, yeah. Yeah. Less featured and, and kind of hit that area. But even if I do, you know, it's going to be, there are going to be all these limitations, right? Mm. And because I, again, I don't think I'm, I say limitations. It's just, let's call them parameters. Yeah. I, I think might be a better word because, you know, ultimately you can make your character a million things. Even if I sit down and say, okay, all of you have to be bards. I mean, oh my goodness, we could still have such a diverse group. Right. I mean, I, that's exactly what I did with, uh, with Ravenloft or with, uh, the Strahd game. Like, I, I kind of, we all had to be humans cause we were all part of a family. Right. And that was fine. Uh, in your other game, we all had to be goblins, which was awesome. Yeah. You know, that was great. Um, and it, you know, it starts in getting Storm you Kings, in a creative I, headspace. It does. It does. It, it, it's good for the, for the game. So, and I think it also helps set those expectations. If, if I say, okay, which faction do you pick? And you say, I want to be order of the gauntlet. Hmm. That's going to be a different tone of the game, probably, than saying I pick the Zentarim because they're come or I pick yeah, the Emerald Enclave. Because they've got a wholly different way of doing things. They have there's the set of goals that are kind of built in, right. and then they're already saying like, okay, I might want to have more encounters with animals. I may want to be able to help things mm. or, or kill things or conquest or freedom or you know, whatever that sort of fantasy right. experience is. Yeah. Cause they, they you know, definitely a lot of that is are all factions sort of themed and um, yeah. It, yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really terrific idea. I, I'm, I'm enjoying more and more um, the idea of not having character creation be wide open, but instead using character slight character creation restrictions to create unity and ties between party members. Well, and, and one thing that, that I've noticed from the GM angle is in the past when I've said, make anything you want, I've often regretted that. Yeah. Um, because I might deliver what I think is a clear message on what I would like the tone to be. Mm. And then someone shows up with a completely inappropriate character. Oh. 
And and then and, and then you feel like a jerk when you tell them if you tell them uh, like I hate this character. That character's a little <laughs> like, inappropriate. <laughs> and then they're like, oh well, I just spent all this time writing a backstory or coming up with this cool build or whatever. I wish I'd just known from the start. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's and that's another thing. You're respecting your players and and your own time because you're saying, look. I'm willing to DM, which not everyone is. So I am going to tell you guys straight up. This is the kind of experience I'm looking to deliver. Hopefully you guys will enjoy it. I think you will. But in order for me to run this experience for you guys, these are the parameters in which I need you guys to try to fit. Then and I think it's everyone appreciate that. I think so in the long run. Yeah. But I can yes. see a lot of pushback, which is uh, why I want to say that, like, I don't I, I think it would be wrong to come at this and say something to the effect of uh, you cannot you know, you can't pick Druid unless you're a part of the Emerald Enclave because Druids wouldn't be part of anything. else. Right. I think that that is the wrong approach, because then you're saying you don't know the lore as well as I do. Mm. Right. Or you're not, not a purist or I know sure. better or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's vaguely insulting, mm. right? Um, instead saying in this version, what I'm trying to do, the kind of story I'm trying to tell, you know, there, this is the limitation I'm putting on it. And, um, I want to get us on the same page. Right. Well, and here, you here's, know, here's a question when it comes yeah. to any, any restrictions that you decide to apply to character creation or, or, other things within the game, maybe you decide certain magic doesn't work. Like I know in a in a lot of games, you uh, especially back in like three point five, you were not the biggest fan of teleportation. Um, and that oh sort yeah, of thing. and I used to ban pet classes. Right. Um. So yeah, you know, for whatever reason, you may have certain restrictions in your game. Um. To what yeah. extent, if any, are you? do you have an obligation to explain yourself? Or if I say, look, I'm going to run curse of Strahd. You guys are a family. You're all humans. And you guys might go, why I go, because mm-hmm. is, is that sufficient or do I, I th- owe you guys more explanation? Oh, well, I don't like the word. Oh, right. Like, I don't think you owe anything. Sure. I think, I think it's fair to ask. It's also fair to say, because Mm-hmm. I, I would probably offer a brief explanation, but I wouldn't get argumentative, right? right? Like if I said something like, well, the reason I want to do it is so that we achieve this goal. Right. And then they say, well, I think we can still achieve the goal if we do this other thing. I go. And then I'm going to come back and say, I hear you, but this is what I want to do. Right. If there's further argument, then maybe this isn't the game for you. Right. Right. And which is fine. You know, if you want to. But yeah, I mean. Do you owe anyone an explanation? No, you're running a D&D game for people. That's pretty nice. Right, right. So if uh, if players, you know, they can enter into that contract with you voluntarily or not. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's also fun if you've been playing for a long time. Having certain restrictions can help um, kind of force you get a in a headspace that you might not expect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes things interesting because I definitely find myself when everything is wide open. I I tend to go for comfortable usually, you know, like like fighter is my happy place. 
big dude that can smash stuff. Like it's, it's simple. You know, I can turn my brain off if I need to like, you know, playing a fighter is not the hardest thing in the world. It's definitely comfort zone. So if someone goes, eh, build whatever you want. And I don't have much guidance on what we're really going for, anything special like that. Then it's like, well, uh, you know, maybe I'll mm-hmm. just, you know, go the tried and true method for myself. Um, yeah. When maybe with some more guidance, I could create something that might lend itself to creating a more fulfilling experience, not only for myself, but for the entire table. Um, so that's to be fair. I did not intend this. To- I said it was a mini topic and I didn't mean for it to go on this long. That's okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's a good topic. You know, it's, it's important. Um, now, but I, yeah, I think we've kind of hit it. Yeah. I, and I know that you had a topic that you wanted to address. Well, I'll, I'll, I can make mine the mini topic then, right? The acts, the true mini topic. Sure. Let's, let's do it. Which, and however long it goes, it's how long it goes. It's how long it goes. All right. So, you know, what I wanted to talk about was, um, in a way, humility. <laughs> oh. And, but I think, I think they all tie together in, in an interesting way. Like, we're, we're coming, hopefully, to, uh, you know, probably not true, but <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to think that we're coming to the end of COVID, right? And a lot of us have done well at tra- transitioning into the digital format. Mm. Um, you, you and I have spent a few weeks talking about really sort of, you might say, advanced ways of thinking about this game. Sure. Um, I have deeply enjoyed in the last couple of weeks, getting back to absolute fundamentals. Back to basics, baby. Back to basics. I have, I got a pad of graph paper. Mm. I have been hand drawing dungeons. I've been upgrading my like designs on the walls and the bricks on the ground. And like, that's cool. Like it's almost been like mini painting. Yeah. You know, in a way, I'm just like, ooh, cross hatching. Yes. Because it's it's therapeutic, right? Your brain kind of kind of therapeutic out and yeah. just makes the lines, right? It's oh. just making bricks and little cracks in the stone, and you know, oh, I started adding like torch light built into the drawings, you know, <laughs> cool, you know, I started to like kind of get into it, Learned and I was now. looking back at the yeah, you know, and I was writing the keys, like okay, this room does this, this room does this. And it made me think more about like, okay, what is, what is the most, okay, this game is built for a specific type of experience, Mm -hmm. right? And we, this is something we've talked about before. Like maybe sometimes you should be playing a different system because it handles the kind of fantasy you're going for a little bit. Right tool for the job. That's right. Right. And sometimes it's fine to try to make 5e do a lot of things. I think that's okay too. have fun the way you want. Yeah. But I will say that 5e is definitely built to be about dungeons and dragons right <laughs> it's it's got heroic fantasy all over it um and I've, I've tried to like kind of put my own brain away like drop a lot of the pretension mm. you know and i can be i can definitely be pretentious um <laughs> i and really just go it. okay let's have some secret doors there you go let's throw a trap here let's uh have a little puzzle this room is just gonna have clues in it Ooh. this thing's just gonna have drawing it's gonna make implications and this one, it's dark inside and a monster r- jumps out at you. It's cool. There you go. You know, it's just real simple. Classic. 
classic stuff. And it's so fun to just let the game be what it was meant to be. Mm. I've been going back through the Dungeon Master's Guide and just reading the dang thing. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I I'll say this, you know, especially having been game design majors, it can be really easy for us to firmly implant our heads up our own rear ends and (laughs) yeah uh, and i know you especially love to just tinker and mess with systems and try things come up with neat ideas and concepts like like and and frankly i have a group that will tolerate it yeah (laughs) and we do tolerate it that's that is and that is and amazingly, even if I can hear you guys rolling your eyes sometimes, like you guys will try. It is a I perfectly that. apropos word. Tolerate. That's <laughs> no, it's all love. I'm like, OK, guys, I have another crafting system. Bear with me. Oh, Bear with me. God. Everyone's like, all right, let's read it. And here it I'm, comes. I'm the only person so I, who will audibly <laughs> say, oh, God, <laughs> good Lord, dude. Why? No, I, Um, I totally get it. And you know, to, yeah, we've, we have had so many conversations where (laughs) I think I'm usually the one who's like, but dude, like, what about the, the actual game? You're like, yeah. What about the dungeons and the dragons? But I have so many ideas. It's like, Okay. Well, I, yeah. To be fair, I think for me, a a part of it, you know, not to get too real here, but maybe a little real, you know, I definitely had a goal of being in the video game industry. I, I really just didn't make it. Mm. Um, which has been a, uh, the greatest disappointment of my life and has been very hard for me to deal with. Mm. And, um, you know, D and D has been, that outlet for me yeah it's and it's to a bit be of a, able to design yeah it's a it's a bit of a coping mechanism and 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 a good one it is um and it's a good one and i and i think i like D and tabletop games more than video games yeah you know it lets you scratch like, that itch but yeah it lets me scratch that itch so when i show up with the uh with the latest mass warfare system (laughs) or the crafting system or the reputation system, you know, that I'm trying to play with. I mean, it is, it is me trying to be a designer, you know, and And, uh, I appreciate that I have friends that are willing to put up with that crap. And like, that's, that's one, one thing that, um, that never leaves my head. Like, I know exactly like why you do what you do. Like anytime you come up with a new system, I'm like, he, this is a compulsion. He can't freaking help this. He (laughs) He can't help it. He he needs to do this. It's, it's something that's on a gut level that you just, you want to design game stuff. It's something that's near and dear to your heart. And you know, that's, it's nothing that, you know, not that you would, but it's nothing that you should ever like apologize for. Um, sure. And, uh, and, but I also have no problem quickly abandoning these ideas gotta, like, for something, you better. know, uh, kill your darlings, um, kill your darlings. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, but it's been really fun going back and going, okay, grid paper, monsters, traps, secret doors. 
mm. you know, um, plot hooks, beginning, middle, and simple fetch quest. Uh, Go get the thing. Villain, uh, helpful NPC. Yeah. Patron. Oh, man. You know, like the stuff in the basic tables. Like part of me just wants to like get those those core three books and just say, okay, for this game, this is what we're doing. This is it. Yeah. This is all we're doing. I, you know, and, and I've gotten back into rolling stats, you know, and I love rolling stats and I thought it was the most imbalanced and it is, but it's also the most fun, man. And I, uh, I was, I will totally give a player a magic item if they roll trash, you know, like, or just, it could be fun to be the trashy character, you yeah. know, get that fun death wish, you know? Yeah. I, I remember I was down visiting you a couple weeks ago when you, mm-hmm. when you admitted to me as, as if it's a deep, dark secret that, that you come around on rolling stats. And I was like, I, wait, it, I, I beg your pardon. <laughs> Well, when we started playing with Spike and he was like, we're rolling stats. I'm like, what? And like our, me. our, our whole group was like, what? No, nobody does that. And that's not uh, true at all. I was like, point by man. It's all about point by that makes it official and balanced. Yeah. It's like, nah, man, roll stats. Roll stats. <laughs> it's way cooler. Freaking... There you go. I love doing it with my students. I sit there, we roll the dice. They count him out when a character gets like his third eight. He's just like, oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Oh, Enjoy man. Enjoy it. I'm, Embrace it. Lean in. It, right. It does create a vi- I mean, you you think about having three eights and for anyone that happens to be listening to this podcast that somehow is at this point in the episode and isn't familiar with D&D. If you have if you have a 10 in a stat, you are that's essentially the human average. So if you have an eight, you are below average for an adult, for a human adult in that stat. So if you have three eights and our base stats are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. You take any three of those and Think about a, a hypothetical person with below average in half of the things that make you who you are. That paints quite a freaking picture. Well, it could also be really interesting if like you had one stat that was like you rolled that 18. Yeah. And everything else was trash. Oh. It's like, okay, 18 in intelligence and everything else is trash. Okay. You're Professor Xavier, right? <laughs> Basically, you know, or Stephen Hawking, possibly, or sure. you're the Hulk, right? In Hulk form. Right. Like you literally can only do one thing. Yeah. I mean, God, um, even then, though, that's that's interesting. That's interesting, you know, and it's just I don't know, like I, I this uh, the big problem I have had in a lot in the past is trying to be smarter than the game. Mm hmm. As opposed to, you know, allowing it to present itself, fully comprehending it, fully immersing into it and then experimenting. Mm. And I, and I think it's fine to experiment the whole way through. Yeah. But I think it would be wrong to, to 
regard the rules and then knee jerk go, well, that's dumb. I'm doing that different. Right. Um, you know, or say I would like to do something different for a flavor purpose. That's fine. But to look at a rule and, and scoff at it is unintelligent, I think is um, it would be naive. Right. I think that would be a foolish thing to do. Yeah. I mean, because the, the folks that are that are working on this game are they're industry professionals. They're not stupid people maybe they know what they're doing maybe they've play tested it a few times maybe well like like something like the attack of opportunity Mm. like well why can't i just leave that square that doesn't make any sense Mm. okay well play with it then play without it right tell me which uh system you prefer yeah yeah it's oh well all of a sudden this actually makes my decision making a little bit more interesting and crucial right makes combat more interesting right well there you have it. There you have it. it <laughs> there, there was a reason after all. I, I, and I, I can't even say how many times, um, you know, I've, I've designed things and then like I've, I've showed it to someone and they'll read like, like the first sentence or two that gets like the basic idea out there. But then we'll just start like blitzing me with a bunch of like, what ifs or like, Oh man, you know, what if you did like this? I'm like, check out the three paragraphs that follow (laughs) and you will find that I have answered every single one of the questions and hypotheticals that you've just presented to me. And they're like, "Uh, well, Oh, (laughs) right. Like it is there. Um, Read the book. Well, a lot of times I'll try to give directions to my students mm. and, you know, God love them. I, I start saying the directions, the hands go up and then I go, yeah. And then they're like, what about this? What about I'm like, well, if I could finish, Patience. Like, please let me get through the, the gauntlet here. Mm-hmm. But of course, then I'll say, are there any questions? No one will raise their hand. And I'll say, OK, get started. And then. Three hands will come up and ask me for the directions. Where were those five minutes um, ago? Nope. I'm like, okay, Questions I, I just said them. Also, they're on Google Classroom, but sure. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's you know, we're, we're, let's, let's waste some more time. They're teenagers to get their brains on things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that most, most of the time they're just hungry. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's true. Just half the time when they're upset, I just want to like hand them like a muffin and just like not even address their problem. That's not a bad strategy after (laughs) they're teenagers too. Somebody does that for me. I'm like, like hmm, is that muffin (laughs) like moist? And they go, oh yeah, it's like fresh. I'm like, you know, suddenly all my other problems. uh, I forgot what my problem was. So bad. (laughs) Give me that muffin. (laughs) I got a muffin. Hmm. Get a Life ain't so bad. Yeah. So give your players a muffin. I don't know how to t- tie that back. So in, but, uh, what did we learn um, this week? Got a problem? <laughs> get a muffin. Get a muffin. <laughs> That's a um, bumper sticker. It's got to be. So I'll, I'll quickly tie my my mini thought here, you know, into our, our central thesis of um, of this podcast, which is the secret ingredient of is love, of course. Mm, mm, you know, mm, and and muffins. But, uh, you know, approach your, uh, you know, take a step back. Mm. Remember what it was like when you began. Think about. I'm closing my basics. eyes right now. 
I'm actually doing I, what you're saying. I love all the little online tools I have. It's fun to play with things like uh, Sirenscape or with Incarnate or anything else. These are all great. But, you know, break out the graph paper, break out your dice, read the book and pretend it is your first time and just approach the game straight up and see how you feel about it. Mm. Give uh, extend the love of the game to the game, if that makes sense. Mm, That does make sense. You know, I'm I'm sitting here. um, He's just thinking about muffins. (laughs) They're they're just they're dancing in my mind. Um, And I I was uh, trying to put myself back in the headspace of when of when I just joined the club in college and I was literally just just cracking open 3.5 uh D&D 3.5 for the first time um and really actually trying to do it and I remember um when I was in high school I had a buddy that played D&D and I had really no clue about it and i'd see him at school um like messing with his character sheets and stuff and of course my parents had always told me like don't get involved with that stuff so i'm like looking at it like this guy is like tampering playing with witchcraft yeah like (laughs) and and you know to be fair this guy was a little bit of an edgy type you know um a little sure. rougher around the edges than uh, my little white suburban self. Um, and I was like mystified. And then fast forward to college and I'm like starting to fill out my own character sheet. And I just, I can feel this smile spreading across my face going, okay, I, I get it. And actually putting those things into practice and going, okay, Ooh, wow. I, I understand how ability score modifiers work. I understand attack bonus. I understand turn structure and uh, action economy and AC and all these different, all these different things that, you know, at one point I didn't know what they were. And it's, it's like, it's like, it's like being able to read in general, like after doing it, for so long, it becomes darn near impossible to comprehend not being able to do it or not knowing the stuff. Um, and like even with art, I remember like we we'd be neck deep in our classes, and you know, we get to a point where all our classes were like advanced classes, and we'd be using all these advanced techniques and computer software and all this stuff. And and then you go back to like a life drawing class where they're just like, sit down, look at something and draw it. Nothing, nothing fancy, nothing crazy, nothing extra. Just pull out a pencil, put it on the paper and draw something that you're looking at. You know, what was crazy about that. I can remember students going, can I please do my homework in Photoshop? And then the teacher was like, no. Mm. And then the, the student would like argue. Right. Right. I, there's one guy in particular I, I'm picturing. Mm. Um, and the teacher would be like, uh, just try the paint. Right. Just try the charcoal. Mm. You know, maybe you'll learn something. Right. Well, I'm comfortable in Photoshop and it's more industry standard and blah, blah, blah. Dude, chill out. Just, <laughs> just, just, just do it. Just give it a shot. Give it a give shot. Give it a shot, bud. Try, try, try the steak. 
I know you've never had oh, by steak the way, before, but trust me, it's good. <laughs> well, here's something. I've had this uh, this kid I've been playing mm. uh, with in my class. He's in my club, and uh, he's been playing with me on Roll20. Oh. And, you know, he's on his, like, third game now, essentially. Wow. We sit down. I hand him the, the piece of paper, and he rolls an attack. He doesn't know how to add it up. Mm. And I was just like, how do you not, how do you not know how to add it up? Mm. It's like, cause he, he hadn't sit, sat down with the piece of paper and worked out the math in his head. Right. And he's not, and he's not a dumb kid. Well, it's like, I, I remember it's being, just, he got used to clicking the button being back in, uh, like middle school. And, uh, you know, when, when you just start getting into slightly advanced math, like, like at that point, you know, they didn't start teaching you algebra when you were four, like they do nowadays. Um, and the teacher would straight up tell you, you are not allowed to use a calculator on this. You need to work it out on the paper. And you'd get mm-hmm. a chorus of groans from everyone like, oh, my God, such an inconvenience. Yeah. And to be fair, they'll groan over anything. But oh, anyway, continue. fair. And but that's it's totally that it's like you get used to these tools kind of propping us up, you know, and the convenience is great. But when the convenience takes the place of understanding what we're talking about, the fundamentals, um, it can it can kind of degrade your appreciation for for the subject itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah. This is, God, it's such a terrific topic. Well, we gotta, we better wrap it up though. Um, I, I think it's been said, you know, just in terms of, yeah, you know, get back to basics, work on your fundamentals. I mean, and, and it's true no matter what you're doing, whether it be art or D and D or, you know, even uh, sports, you know, I remember hearing a story about proper running technique you know, mm. and how there was this like professional athlete that hired a coach, hired a coach to just to reteach him how to run properly. That's that's you know? fascinating. And, and to like, just the guy was like, you need to pick up your knees, you know, huh. and like just real basic stuff. You know, I remember the first day I sat down with our uh, life drawing teacher and he was like, um, you all hold your pencils incorrectly. <laughs> I <laughs> you beg <know>? your pardon. <laughs> and I'm like, excuse me. I've been drawing since I was seven to the ripe old age of 18. Sir. And so clearly I know what I'm doing. Just monocle. And, you know, and he cracks his pencil in half and he holds it in his, in on the inside of his hand. He's not drawing with his wrist. He's moving his entire arm, you know? Hmm. And I'm like, this is awkward. I'll never get it. Took like a week. There you go. <laughs> and it was great. There you go. And, you know, I don't necessarily do all that stuff. But, you know, I learned from it and I and I learned why it was useful. Yeah. So anyway, well, just get back to basics. Give them a try. Yeah. And it goes it goes to show, you know, even even if you feel like, you know, there there are people who play this game who've been playing it since it existed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's it's not an insignificant amount of time. Um, And it's very easy for some people in this hobby to really feel like seen it all done it all, you know, I've got nothing left to learn. Um, and sometimes, you know, taking, taking a look back 
can be really, really, uh, really edifying. Um, yeah. So, and, and try it with other things in your life. Oh yeah. You know, like what are, what are my fundamentals? Like eating, try them out. Like, <laughs> like eating, eating. Okay. There you go. Interesting. Like, uh, although there is truth to that. Like we forget to chew our food and yeah, dude, <laughs> there, I've, I've had, I've had times. Um, and, <laughs> and you know, if you go back to the basics of selecting food, um, you'll relearn why you don't eat certain things like Kentucky fried chicken. Um, you just don't, <laughs> don't true. do it. It's you just don't it's do it. bad for you. It'll make you feel like trash. I felt a little foolish a few months ago. I was like cooking for myself and I realized I had completely forgotten how to cook rice. <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to go, how long, how do I do this? How much water goes in? How long do I let it sit for? Oh my God. Just It's just rice. It's just rice. <laughs> no. I, you, you know, I may be able to even top that. I, I, <laughs> this is very embarrassing to say. Well, it's very easy to top. You just put a fried egg right on there. It's great. There it is. Um, I have Googled way too many times. How old am I? What? I, what? Because. Have you really? Yes. Because trying to figure out the math of how old I am. Are you kidding? Right I am not kidding. I have just gone. Dude, you have a condition. I, I just go, <laughs> you know what? There's a calculator. This is a waste of freaking time. I'm just looking up. Um, Andrew, how do you not know how old hey, you are? Hey, <laughs> I'm being vulnerable here, man. I, I'm not sure. Are you or are you are you putting me I'm on? I'm not putting you on. I've Googled <laughs> this so many times and I'm like, okay, 1984, <laughs> the 27th of October. Oh, I'm 36, not 35. Son of a gun. Well, okay. <laughs> see, All right. I feel like I'm being judged. Here and I thought that the secret ingredient was I'm, love, I just I've not never judgment. Heard... <laughs> I don't appreciate this. I'm feeling worse by the second. Good night, everybody. Oh, God. And uh, here I was man. about to say, so what do we talk about tonight? And what were our memorable moments? And all anyone's gonna talk about is oh, Andrew doesn't know how old he is, and he had to Google it. <laughs> and uh, you know. This is this is what I get for putting myself uh, out there. I put it all on the line, and I just... Uh, I'm sorry. I just did not know that was a thing that people experienced. It It is. It is a thing people... It's a thing I experienced. <laughs> okay. And... Uh, I, well, I have to imagine now that you must not be the only one. Um, but anyway... I probably... I So, yeah, tonight we talked about... Because I'm going to bring it back. Um, and uh, tonight we talked about uh, getting back to basics. And we talked about table expectations. That's right. That's right. We did. And uh, we also talked a lot about creative limitations. Yeah, we did. Um, so there was, you kind of got like a three for, for one episode. Boom. Three for one. So that's, enjoy. You know, that's a deal any day of the week. And any day. Of the and week. you got even Wednesday. Wednesday. That's right. And in, uh, in February. Because <laughs> that's how that's spelled, and nobody says it that way. Nobody ever, not even the person that came but, up with it. They said February. But I say Wednesday in my head every time, so I remember how to spell it. Mm-hmm. When you're writing out Wednesday, 
and you're you kind of like if I was with the pop at the if end, I was just sitting like, across the table from you, I'd see your lips move like. <laughs> yep. I go, you just spelled Wednesday. Every time. You just spelled Wednesday, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I <laughs> totally, sure did. I totally did. Oh, man. All right. Memorable moments and takeaways. What were some favorite things that you learned tonight? And if you say that I have to Google how old <laughs> I am, uh, I, well, no. It's the series finale. <sighs> um, so, well, God help uh, me. I think we learned that if you fall in lava, you die. Yes. If anyone was think, not aware, um, take our word for it. Don't test it. Don't try it at home. If you have lava at home, also uh, write to us and tell us how. Um, I think there's ways to say you can't be a druid if you're not part of the Emerald Enclave in a way that doesn't make you a jerk. That's true, but you can say it like a jerk if you want to. We, If you want uh, to. We can't vouch for the results that might face you, but hey, you know, free country, free world. And I think we also learned about uh, not uh, side <laughs> swiping our uh, our players with uh, bizarre surprises about tones and expectations and content. Don't do that. Um, don't do that. That's bad. Or side swipe also, them in other ways. we learned that dice are fun. Yes, dice and are fun. Randomness is dice- fun. Dice are, are, are a ton of fun. And also, maybe uh, read the books. Uh, well, I mean, is that like how, how necessary is that? Do they really necessary? <laughs> Extremely necessary. Uh, you know, I will extend it to the monster manual really quick. Did you know that before the stat block, it actually tells you stuff about the monster? Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa, Lois. This is not my Batman glass. Did you know? That just reading one of those for an interesting monster could be like the entire campaign. It's all at your fingertips, kids. It could be like your total like idea for the whole thing. It's like when they wrote this stuff that they had an idea of what they were doing. I, well, let's not jump to conclusions. Okay, fair well, enough. I mean, fair enough. Give these guys the Which is not to say doubt. that you shouldn't make it your own because you should, but like definitely remember to read. And, uh, you know, you can make it your own, but maybe appreciate that it was someone else's first and someone mm-hmm. put a lot of time into it. Writing these books mm-hmm. is laborious and respect yeah. the craft. Yeah, it's uh, it's the right thing to do. And that's something that we we've been trying to get better on both of us. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, Andrew, um, why don't you wrap it up for us and uh, tell us what uh, tell the listeners what they're supposed to be doing? You got it. Uh, first. Uh, we just want to make sure that we say a huge thank you, as always, to our loyal, ever, ever loyal patrons, Spike, Murphy, Rose, and Logan McBride. We love you guys, and you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. Um, right. And <laughs> relax. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to connect with us, just head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com for more episodes as well as to connect with us or support us when you're over there in the upper right hand or just the top. If you're on a phone, you'll see three little bubbles that'll take you to our Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon. If you head on over to Patreon, 
You can support us just like Spike and Logan did. Get your name on the show and interact with us on a deeper, more intimate level. And um, apart from that, I hope and I feel safe in speaking for Adam and saying he hopes that this episode helped you in many ways, gave you lots of great ideas and hopefully incentivized you to go back to basics and set expectations for the fun that your players can expect to have in your games and that you can have an overall better table experience. And until next time, stay inspired. Bye. Bye.